Hello, I'm Roy Sharples and welcome to the Unknown Origins podcast. Why are you listening to this podcast? Are you an industry expert looking for insights? Are you growing your career? Or are you a dear friend helping to spur your old pal on? I created the Unknown Origins podcast to have the most inspiring conversations with creative industry personalities and experts about entrepreneurship, pop culture, art, music, film, and fashion. An illustrator is an artist who applies their imagination to enhance the written word and expound concepts by providing visual representation and meaning. No one can hold a candle to my guest today in terms of creating still drawings and images to bring to life a story, a message, and an idea for use in magazines, newspapers, books, and advertisements. Anita Kuntz has created art that has been internationally shown and published for four decades. Famous for her covers for the New Yorker magazine, Time magazine, Rolling Stone, the New York Times magazine, and many others. Her work has appeared in numerous galleries and museums, and she has won many awards for her work. Anita was named as one of the 50 most influential women in Canada by the National Post newspaper, received an honorary doctorate from the Ontario College of Art and Design in Toronto, and a second from Massachusetts College of Art and Design in Boston. She was appointed officer of the Order of Canada, Canada's highest civilian honour, and more recently, the Queen's Diamond Jubilee Medal of Honour. In 2018, she was inducted into the Society of Illustrators Museum of American Illustration Hall of Fame, and in 2019, Canada Post released a stamp celebrating her career and work. In her spare time, she volunteers at a sanctuary that rescues primates. Hello and welcome, Anita. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it is an honour being a big fan of you and your work. It's, it's absolutely my pleasure. Thank you. What inspired and attracted you to being an illustrator in the first place? Well, I, I wanted to become an illustrator. I mean, I've been drawing and painting since, since I was a child. And I think, you know, a lot of people do. I just kind of didn't stop. <laughs> when I reached the age of 12 or 13, I just kept going. And I think my biggest influence was my uncle, who was, in fact, an illustrator. So I knew that it was a, a possible profession from, the ver- from a very young age. And my uncle was uh, he was an illustrator, but he was a fine artist. He made stained glass. He wove rugs. I mean, he was a quintessential artist. And his motto for his illustration work was art for education. So, and he made film strips and he illustrated high school textbooks. And from him, I got the idea that art could serve as a function in society um, and that it could, it could you know, play a role, it could be useful. And I didn't go into the art for education area, but rather I went into the magazine area because I love the idea that art can play a a role in the culture, whether it's in the form of inspiring dialogue or, you know, just illustrating social and political themes. 
Um, so, so my uncle really was my biggest influence. And I just want to say too, the, the other thing that I realized later was that he had this beautiful studio overlooking a lake and he was the first environmentalist that I ever knew. He knew all the names of all the birds and he, you know, so, so he was a big influence, um, uh, you know, on my world perspective as well. What does being an illustrator mean to you? Being an illustrator to me, I guess, I guess the, I, you know, the, for me, I was drawn to illustration because it has more to do with ideas than art as a commodity. I mean, I yeah. was never particularly interested in making art that matched someone's sofa. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I thought I, I wanted to be, I, I'm interested in ideas and I wanted to make pictures that had to do with ideas. And, you know, and I was inspired by politics. And, you know, so to me, illustration, it's, I mean, they say that fine art is a mirror to society, but I think illustration can actually be a more direct mirror to society because when you're illustrating something, when you're making a piece of art for print, you actually have a vast audience. So that's, you know, I, I, I just find that attract, really attractive and really interesting. That adds another dimension to it. Anita, you have a very distinct style and identity. Was that something that you did by design or was it purely instinctive? My style is completely instinctive. And I think a lot, I mean, if you really look at a lot of my work, it's actually drawn incorrectly. And, you know, I love that. So, so, yeah. <laughs> so my style actually came about because I didn't have much of an art education. I didn't learn any art history at all. So I just started, you know, I mean, I, I was kind of wide open as far as influences went because I knew nothing about anything. So so my, my style kind of has to do more with drawing from my head than using photographic reference. Um, and, the, and the style is just something that, you know, just by years of drawing, I mean, it just, it's just something that happened. Um, and, and I think when people, you know, when students in particular try to manufacture a style, it's never successful. I mean, I think it's something that, that has to be allowed to develop. Creativity is the belief in yourself and your ideas, always moving forward and never giving up. You must be comfortable taking a stand against oppressive forces and articulating your opinions and ideas without fear of retaliation, censorship or legal sanctions. Dream up what doesn't exist. Turn your imagination into art by manifesting what is inside and around you as you see it. This is similar to outsider art. There is an innocent quality in people who have not been trained as artists or worked within the conventional art production structures because they do not follow a conventional path, structure or formula, leading to develop their own unique style and identity. I I was so close to the work that I never really saw my style my work is having a particular style. I really didn't. I mean, I, I yeah. realize if I, if I took a step, step back, yeah, that, I guess that looks like my work. I mean, there's certain things that I use as devices all the time. I mean, I use hands a lot and I, you know, the way I, I distort the figure, I guess, becomes part of the style, but, but I really never consciously set out, set out to, you know, make a specific style. Many influential artists, designers, musicians, filmmakers, actors, writers, poets, industrialists and technologists started off as imitators of their crafts, current greats. Still, once they found their voice and own style, they became unstoppable in their own right. 
They are innovators who broke the bonds of their era to create high art and their own original experience cultivated a movement for, for change. Take the Beatles, for example. When they started off as imitating American gospel, R&B, rockabilly and early rock and roll, their music dealt with love songs and teen relationships, which was the standard run of the day's play. Then they started to master their technical expertise as musicians and songwriting experts. And then about halfway through the duration of their career, they found their authentic voice and style and produced lyrics and music about everyday life and their unique observations in their native Liverpudlian accents, ultimately becoming artists where they revolutionised how music was made and acted as a catalyst and soundtrack for social justice movements, such as Sgt Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band provided one of the most potent musical cornerstones to the now legendary Summer of Love, and the Beatles have endured a canonised status unprecedented for musicians to date. The point being is expertise is not enough to change the world in any field, in any discipline. Innovation and artistry require the ability to transcend time and, and create a culture and movement manifested through your own unique identity and aesthetics and the world around you, which you have done brilliantly through your craft and work. What is your creative process in terms of how do you make the invisible visible by dreaming up ideas, developing those ideas into concepts, and then bringing them to actualization? Um, I've done different things throughout my career. And, and um, I mean, it always starts with an idea. And even when I'm doing work that's commercial, I mean, even when I'm doing something for a magazine, there's always, you know, for a magazine, there's a kernel of an idea that is given to me, whether it's in the form of, um, you know, a manuscript that I read and then visually interpret, or, you know, some somebody telling me what a story is about, or if it's a book jacket, you know, having, you know, reading the book. So, uh, when it's commercial illustration, it, it always begins with something. And it, and then I, and then it's something that I interpret. And with illustration work, I try to interpret something as clearly as I possibly can because I want to make an image that works in conjunction with the text, whether it agrees with the text or disagrees with the text. Um, so that's in the illustration work. But in my personal work, in my fine art, it has the ideas come much more from my experience in the world and things that I want to say, um, whether that has to do with honoring certain people. People, or you know, whether it's something that's politically critical. So, you know, so again, it, it's all about the idea. For me, it just starts with the idea, um, and then I, and then typically when I work for a client, they they want to see sketches, you know, so they want to know what I'm thinking. And I try to make the sketches as detailed as possible. I don't want to surprise them at all because, you know, I try to be a professional. Um, and so I send the sketches, and then they 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 might pick you know, one, or it, it might have some, you know, corrections or whatever. Um, and then I just take the, take the idea and I take it to finish. And I, and I work with, I make actual paintings. I don't do much uh, in the form of, of uh, computer work. I do a little bit, but, but they're, they're physical paintings. It's all old school. I'm a, I'm a painter and I just, uh, and I, and I, make acrylic and watercolor paintings. And that's that's really the process. I mean, everything is different depending on what the project is. But um, 
you know, the idea of idea generation first, and then sketches, and then the final painting. And then, of course, if it's something that has to go to a client, I, you know, I scan it properly and and uh, do color correction and, and uh, transmit it via the internet. Every single object we see and touch was once an idea inside someone's head. Everything starts with an idea. Then through our creative process, you iteratively turn an idea into its final form and bring it to life through a progression of thoughts and actions by applying critical and creative thinking and problem-solving skills to originate and bring your ideas to fruition. To achieve excellence means being deeply committed to and focused on continuously honing one's craft through the quality and completeness of the entire artistic life cycle, by being empathetic towards your audience and resourceful to creating relevant and innovative outputs. Treat failure as a process for learning and growth. Some people let themselves get flushed by failure than seeing obstacles as opportunities to reach new heights of achievement by learning quickly from failure, being resilient and positive when faced with setbacks and open-minded by redefining these situations to learn and grow. Anita, what are the essential skills to be an illustrator? I, I think the key skills to being an illustrator are you know, I mean, you have to know how to draw. I think that's the most important thing. I mean, it's like if you want to be a writer, you have to have you know basic knowledge of grammar and sentence structure. So, so I think you really have to be able to draw, and I think you have to be able to draw the old-fashioned way with a pencil. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of my students are, are doing things on the computer, and I just know, like draw with a draw with a pencil, like really develop your hand-eye coordination because that's your language, and the the better you are at at constructing your visuals, the better you'll be able to communicate so I think that you know just being able to draw also I think I mean you have to you have to be smart and you have to be uh, an intelligent citizen of the world and you have to know what's going on it's really not just about creating shallow imagery I mean you want to know as much as you can about the subject matter that you're asked to illustrate and you have to be able to know how to do proper research find reference um, so it's a, it's an interesting skill set you know and but ultimately you have to also be, you know, have enough humility to understand that when you're doing illustration work, you're working for a client. It's not all about, it's not about you. So it's an interesting um, skill set. Um, so I think that's that, you know, those are the things, but I mean, I think it's really mostly about ideas. So you're on a time machine Anita, and it's going backward. What would you say to a younger Anita in terms of the lessons learned that you've learned to date? based on the pitfalls to avoid and the keys to success? Oh, what would I say to a younger me? I would say don't worry so much and don't be so stressed out all the time because, you know, the, the older I become, the more I realize that, you know, any mistakes that you make are, it's not a tragedy you know it's just you know it's just art it's it's not gonna it's not the end of the world and that often you know the mistakes that you make end up being incredible learning uh you know learning facilitators you know what i mean so um so yeah I, i would i would just tell my younger self to take it easy, <laughs> take it a little easier, not stress so much. I've actually written 10 rules for creative success for young students. And it, it does have to do with, uh, 
you know, with things that people didn't tell me. And a lot of it has to do with just experimenting more and playing more and enjoying the process. Oh, that sounds interesting. Please tell more. Some of them are really, really obvious. I mean, the first one is to work hard. Um, and it seems pretty self-evident, but it, it actually is the most important one. And uh, Thomas Edison says genius is 1% inspiration and 90 99% perspiration. And um, that really is it. I mean, I see too many students who are wondering, where is the, my time cover commission? And they're, they're six months out of school. And then the second one is embrace self-doubt, which is I think really critical. I think we all have these little inner voices that tell us that we're terrible and we're no good. But Milton Glaser, the great designer Milton Glaser, said that uh, doubt is actually better than cer certainty because it propels you forward. Number three, remove toxic influences. Surround yourself with what you love. We are a mashup of what we let into our lives and just uh, just surround yourself with good things. Number four, nurture your uniqueness. Speak from the heart and be authentically you. I think that one is really important too. I, I, I don't think we need any more copies of, yes. of other artists. I think we need right. more authentic people. And, and people from all artists from all walks of life too. I think that's really important. Number five, not working can be just as important to creativity as working. Um, and that has to do with sometimes focusing on a on a project and becoming frustrated with it and then realizing that if you disengage, sometimes the idea will come as you're running or taking a shower or something. I mean, it's, it's a really interesting idea. Number six, be kind and stay humble. That is... Uh, that's directly from the mouth of Kurt Vonnegut. He yep. famously wrote, there is only one rule I know. You've got to be kind. Number seven, contribute where you can. Um, illustration is commercial art. It's not just about money. And I'm a big um, supporter of, of, of artists' rights. I mean, I've, I've done all this work, you know, making sure that artists get paid properly. But it's really not just about the, the money, um, you yeah. know, and behaving in an ethical manner. Number eight, take care, take care of yourself. When I was younger, I worked with all kinds of terrible toxic materials, and now I just really try to be green. I mean, you you know, you can't be using this, you know, and it's it's harmful to your health. Number nine, and I think um, this one is is so important, and that is remain a student for life and stay curious, and uh, continually re refine yourself with education, and don't stay stuck in the past. And then number 10 is kind of what I was saying before, stop trying to be perfect. It's the journey, not the outcome. And experiment and um, really don't take it too seriously because it doesn't have to be, it has, doesn't have to be dark. That's poignant and so correct. Our outputs are the next generation's inputs and that comes with accountability and responsibility to pass on the baton, leaving the world a better place. Aspire to be as influential as the things that are influencing you. Not to be like them, but to be as influential. And so don't let the world or anyone within it define you. Define your own purpose and mission. And having personal constraints, barriers, principles and standards are critical to defining yourself by what you are and what you are not. And appreciate the differences. That time machine is now going forward. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. What's your vision for the future of illustration? You know, what I see young artists doing now is something that I that I never did. And I think it's amazing. I mean, so many 
graduates from the art schools, they're into all kinds of things. I mean, you know, they're doing fine art, they're, they're, they're uh, making making things and selling them on Etsy. They're teaching. I mean, they're full artists. And this kind of goes back to what I was saying about my uncle, you know, just trying to do different things and doing them successfully. When I, when I was young, I was focusing on only one thing. And I focused on magazine illustration for many years. But I think it's just so great that, that young people now are just... Uh, you know, just doing all kinds of different things. And, and it's, 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 I find it really exciting. So I think that's the future of illustration. I think the, the boundaries will become more fluid. I don't think I, or I hope that illustration and fine art won't have such a big wall between the two disciplines because it doesn't make any sense. It's not helpful. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I hope that it opens up to more, and and also opens up to more people. I mean, one of the you know my biggest issues with art schools is that you know you have to pay what thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars for tuition for art yeah. schools. So that that you know ignores so many young critical visual voices that we really need. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, at some point, um, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, they're talking. The new administration is talking about. Um, you know, about forgiving student debt and, and um, you know, like possibly having free education in, on the college level. That would be great because we can't just have, you know, people with money making all the art. It has to be all kinds of people. We need all kinds of voices. Yes. Leveling the playing field by reinventing education systems, by eradicating student debt because it selects people out of the system. Creativity exists with every single person, not the elite few. Embracing diversity and difference, because diversity helps us understand each other, ourselves, recognizing and respecting our individual differences. The children of this revolution are the new canvas on which the actual values will be imposed and materialized. And this comes with accountability and responsibility to pass on the baton, leaving the world in a better place. You have been listening to the Unknown Origins Podcast. Please follow, subscribe, rate, and review us. For more information, go to unknownorigins.com. Thank you for listening.